Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 21st. It is five minutes after 10. Today, the first day of summer, the longest day of the year. Soak up that sun. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Hunter Biden was charged with both possessing a firearm while addicted to drugs and also falsely claiming on his federal firearms background check that he was not addicted. These offenses carry sentences up to 10 years in prison. Of course, Hunter copped a plea deal, so he won't be prosecuted for either of them. And instead, he's been allowed to enter a two-year diversion program. And if he completes the program, the gun charges will be stricken from his record completely. No trace at all. It's like it never happened. And here's the question for you. If you had a cousin who lied while buying a gun and then held on to it while higher than a Chinese spy balloon, do you think that he would be treated the exact same way? Yeah, you're absolutely right because the guns, you know, the guns are the immovable object for the left, right? We must get rid of all the guns. Mm-hmm. The guns are the evil thing. And this guy willfully lied on a gun form. And you would think in many circles of the radical left, that might even be a death sentence. Okay, and so yet this guy's going to skadoodle on out the door, no questions asked. So now can everybody ask for the same treatment? Aren't they setting some precedent here? Well, again, it comes back to there are very clearly two versions of justice in this country. And it is fascinating to me how very quickly the left got their marching orders. And this is amazing. When you hear two unaffiliated organizations or more than one unaffiliated organization say the exact same thing, you realize this is not a coincidence. These are the marching orders. And the marching orders went out very quickly. In the case of Hunter Biden, the narrative will be, this is just some poor drug addicted guy who got down on his luck. And Joe Biden is just a very hurt, injured father who cares deeply about his poor drug addicted son and these evil mean republicans are being so dismissive of anyone who has a drug addiction by saying that hunter biden got off easy i mean we have heard that now i've heard that from so many people and yesterday failed former u.s senator claire mccaskill was on on msnbc and she said the exact same thing and by the way everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. He loves his son. Back off. It is okay for him to love his son. And there's nothing wrong with it. They have no evidence of any kind of wrongdoing by Joe Biden. (laughs) And it infuriates me that they're using this heartbreak against Joe Biden in this way. It's just not right. They act like Hunter Biden was some guy that we would see on Monument Circle shaking a can (laughs) who had not showered in five days. Well, now he may have not showered in five days, but not because he couldn't. And and shouting, you know, I need money for food. Hunter Biden is a goon and he is incredibly corrupt and he's underhanded and he's shady and he has access to the finest treatment facilities in the world. And he was It is very obvious now the conduit for his dad to participate in pay in a pay for influence scheme. 
That's what he was. Hunter Biden is a, is an educated person. He knows what he's doing. He may have indeed been addicted to drugs. That is a strong possibility. But he is not some down-on-his-luck guy with no access to resources to fix the issue. He was the conduit to his dad, who is a U.S. senator and a vice president in a pay-for-access scheme. It's fine if Joe Biden wants to love his son as most parents would love their children. But Joe Biden said publicly many times that his son had done nothing wrong. And that he's the smartest guy he knows. And they whittled down uh, $1.5 million worth of tax fraud to two misdemeanors, a cream puff plea bargain, and they are making his gun crime completely disappear. So no, we're not going to back off of Joe Biden because he lied multiple times to the American people. Okay, so Alan Dershowitz, we've played him quite a bit. He was, of course, probably best known as being OJ, one of OJ's 9,000 attorneys and then later defended Trump, got Trump off on the one of the impeachment charges. I think it was might have been the first one that he was the attorney for. And he was on Newsmax, and I thought he had an interesting take on this. He, he said the American people need an explanation on why Hunter Biden got so little in terms of charges, the, the sentencing, and why there were so few charges. The Justice Department says if it's over, then there should be some disclosure of why all the smoke uh, that seems to have emanated from leaks concerning the investigation uh, didn't constitute more than these uh, two misdemeanors and one and one probation. Um, that's what the question is going to be, not the deal itself. There'll be criticism of that, too, but that won't be fair criticism. The, the valid criticism will be the, the last statement that Clark made, and that is that this closes all investigations regarding uh, Hunter Biden, which means regarding President Biden as well. Look, I'm opposed to the weaponization of the criminal justice system against anybody, Republicans or Democrats. So if the evidence doesn't justify the prosecution, it's the right decision, but we have to wait and see. Okay, so why did he get off? Well, because of the big guy, because of who his daddy is. And I think it's interesting that on the same day that they come out with one headline together, both charged and a plea deal all at once, that they also resolve his deadbeat dad issues yes. with Navy Biden. So clearly Joe Biden had one of his, what you would consider his first real presidential reelection campaign event over the weekend. And then by Tuesday... Let's knock out all the problems with Hunter. Let's get these all out of the way, which clears the road for Joe Biden to campaign without having to answer any questions about Hunter. Well, and so this is um, this is the question, if we bring it full circle, right? Again, let's bring it back here locally, where there appears to be a two-tier justice system. And in the case of Jim Lucas magically within an hour of each other the charges are filed and a deal is struck in which the guy not only confesses there's no ifs ands or buts about it he said i did it it was obvious he did it anyway but he admits he did it that he drove under the influence and fled the scene of an accident 
and he gets no jail time. If there's no punishment, the punishment was the same, right? It's probation for both of them. Yeah. If there is no punishment for fleeing the scene and lying to the cops, or at the very least, mis- strongly attempting to mislead the cops, you know, oh, I don't know anything about a van. Nope, don't know anything about a van. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he's still lying about it to this day in terms of that he was hiding that car. Then why wouldn't everyone just flee the scene? If the- there's no punishment for it. Right. This is total proof of a political bias in the justice system. And his sweetheart deal endangers everybody because it's just the simple fact that if there's criminal behavior going on, just ask for the same treatment that Jim Lucas got or ask for the same treatment that Hunter Biden got. You know, as citizens, we're all like, we're all in this soup together and you're supposed to know what your consequences are. Well, now... There aren't any consequences. So this puts everybody in danger. So this, and then again, it's not, and the thing with Lucas is not, did he get a better deal? Did he whatever? But that, that is the question that I have. If there is no punishment for fleeing the scene, why wouldn't everyone just flee the scene? Oh, you got probation for this. You got probation for that. Well, you're still on probation. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't every person just, if they're, if they're committing a crime that involves alcohol and hits something, why wouldn't they just, there's no punishment for it. You, if you get away with it, if he'd have made it to his house, Casey, he would have probably got away with it because he could have slept it off and they would have found him the next day and he just said, oh, yeah, I avoided a deer and, uh, oh, yeah, boy, I just, I, I, in an act of heroism, I made it home. I, th- this is the question, and it comes full circle back to Hunter Biden, is if you can cheat on your taxes, which he did, and you can lie about uh, issues related to drug use on a and purchase a firearm, which he did. Well, why are there background checks then if right. it doesn't matter? If there well, is I no, have them. there is no criminal punishment from the standpoint of we all know he's not going to violate this probation. We all know that they're going to keep him under lock and key, and he just keeps living his lavish lifestyle. Is this catch and release on the grandest scale ever? <laughs> I never thought about that. Well, here's some random, confused, accidental act of journalism over at ABC. Jonathan Carl tells The View uh, that uh, he was wrong about Hunter. He insisted. He said, as recently as last month, my son did nothing wrong. Well, now his own Justice Department has entered into a a, a plea agreement where his son has pled guilty to two crimes um, and 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 has been charged with with a third crime, a felony. So clearly his son did something wrong. So that was a random, confused, accidental act of journalism. Now I hope I fear for Jonathan Carl's safety because <laughs> he told those he made those statements on the View, mm-hmm. and so that was with the Good Time Fun Gang over there, Whoopi and uh, Joy and Sunny, uh, and- yeah, Sunny. And so I hope he got out. I, it appeared, the ladies of the Brain Trust. It appeared he was on some sort of video conference when he was doing it, so they couldn't actually tear him apart limb by limb. But of course, he did it. Joe lied, said he didn't do it. Hunter lied, said he didn't do it. They've now admitted they did it. And they're going to walk away and they can all campaign like one big happy family. The uh, arrogance that they are showing to all of us. It's 16 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ron DeSantis had a few things today. And Rob Kendall was on TV last night. I was. Yeah, let's talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
is 20 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So three sports stories trending this morning. Oh, how about that? One involving Kirk Herbstreet. His son, Zach, has been hospitalized. He was put in the hospital and is seeing a cardiologist. He sent out a note and said, I have some of the best cardiologists looking after me. He was a uh, walk-on tight end for Ohio State. Now, you do the Herbstreet story because you wanted to date Herbstreet when you were younger. No, I and didn't. And he went with Susie What's-Her-Face. He dated Jenny Ruby Jenny instead. Jenny Ruby instead of you. Yeah, and Jenny so Ruby and I played basketball together. That's why you always do the Herbstreet stories, because you were almost Mrs. Herbstreet, well, and Jenny Ruby stole him away from you. She did, darn it. And when I saw him at the class reunion, I asked where Jenny Ruby was, and he said, yeah, where is she? <laughs> Like he, he probably didn't even know who I was talking about at that point. But I will tell you, Kirk Herbstreit did show up to the high school reunion with a posse. Uh, you told me he this. Had, he had security with him. That's unbelievable. For crazy people like me. That's unbelievable <laughs> that a guy would consider himself that famous. I mean, he is. He was a. He was an okay college quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that is the level to which he rose. I mean, he didn't do anything of prominence in the National Football League. And yet, it, and he's on TV and talks about college football. Mm-hmm. There's nothing... Well, he's he not, was very popular in Centerville, Ohio in 1988. I will tell you that. Well, you know what? <laughs> if Henry Lee Summer went back to Brazil, Indiana, he's probably very popular there. But I bet he's still not rolling around at the KFC buffet with a posse. But you know what? It wasn't even the security actually at the reunion. It was the night before because a bunch <laughs> of us got together in a hotel bar and, you yeah, know, hey, sure. before... For the big event, uh-huh. and that's where he showed up. Imagine having there was that, like 15, 20 people there. Imagine having thinking that highly of yourself that I'm a guy who my claim to fame is I I talk about football on television. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually accomplish much as a football player. I mean, he was okay, but he, he wasn't. I mean, he was. He certainly wasn't to the level in terms of college greatness like a Matt Leinart or even someone like that mm. but yet you believe boy that got your attention anything you'd like to disclose there <laughs> Matt Leinart uh, I like the way Kirk Herbstreit dresses on college game but day. he brought an entourage he always looks very fancy he brought an entourage to his high school reunion he did also trending Peyton Manning I don't know if you saw this but he kind of ignited a firestorm he was drinking a Bud Light at the College World Series oh wow of course he was yeah uh, so the two time Super Bowl winning quarterback he was there to cheer on his alma mater, uh-huh. the Tennessee Volunteers. Yes. They were taking on LSU, and he ordered a Bud Light. And finally trending, Gamebridge Fieldhouse has announced that they will host WWE Fastlane oh, wow. in October. What is WWE Fastlane? Well, as you know, Casey, I watch the old wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the new wrestling. You know why? Because, well, I'm a grown man, and so that would be <laughs> weird to, uh, uh, as a grown man, still participate in such things. But uh, I believe WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, now has what they call premium events. They used to call them pay-per-views. However, since there is the WWE Network, you can get all of them for free. So they call, they're once a month, and they're having one of their premium events. It is called Fastlane in Indianapolis in October. Okay, so last night, I was really tempted. I was laying in bed. It wasn't on the right channel. I could have gotten up yeah, and changed. It's a lot of effort. I know. It's a lot of effort. Then I was like, I don't even know what time he's going to be on, yes. whatever. I got to get to sleep. But you were on Wish TV last night with Phil Sanchez. Yes, so Phil Sanchez, as we dub him here on the show, the Sanchez mm-hmm. over there at Wish TV. TV, a very beautiful human being who does the news. He's uh, doing some fun videos with his wife online, by yes. the way. They do like the Sanchez's by the pool or yes. something. And his wife is way too good for him. Lovely I have no, couple. no idea what, what, what 
tale he spun to end up with her. <laughs> uh, but Phil is a very, very, very beautiful human who does the news. And he has a segment on his nightly newscast on Wish TV called Unfiltered, mm-hmm. where he brings someone else on and he talks about a potpourri of issues that are interesting to him. And I'm convinced, because every so often he will ask me to be on, I'm convinced at about three o'clock of the day of the news, he will look at his watch and go, oh crap, I don't have a guest for the unfiltered segment tonight. Call Kendall. Get Rob Kendall. And we'll let him complain about the Republicans for a few minutes and that'll at least check our box. And so he'd asked me to come on yesterday. I went on. We talked about something interesting, which is um, there's now concern over artificial intelligence being inserted into elections, election ads, things of that nature. So we talked a little bit about that. And then we talked about the Republicans once again raising the gas tax here in Indiana and how we have one of the highest gas taxes in the entire nation. I have just tweeted uh, the link if you'd like to see that out uh, at Robin Kendall on Twitter. It is posted, Phil and I having a conversation. I will tell you, here is the best part of the interaction that we had. So I had not used, uh, we do it via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not there in the studio, and most of his guests are not there in the studio. And so I had not fired up Zoom in, it had been quite a while since I would used Zoom. So I, you know, he sends me the link, I get the thing pulled up, and um, realized that my background is... <laughs> My, my background is a large photo of me interviewing Donald Trump Oh no! on the Zoom. <laughs> and so I thought, well, yeah, this will be funny. We'll just leave it up and see if Phil says anything. So Phil logs in and goes, that what you're going with is your background? <laughs> That's what you pick. You're going to stick with that I one? Said, I said, yeah. I said, unless your audience is going to be mortified to see me interviewing a former president. He goes, no, I just... Uh, I just thought you might want to like promote your show or something and have your your banner or something mm-hmm. up there. I said, "No, nah, we're good, man. Let's roll. <laughs> Let's go." So Let's the go. background of me on the uh, unfiltered with Phil Sanchez mm-hmm. is me interviewing President Trump, and I'm guessing this may be the last time I'm asked to be back on the unfiltered segment. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Ron DeSantis really quick. He was blasting Hunter Biden. Looks like Hunter received that sweetheart deal and is not facing any charges on the massive corruption allegations. And if Hunter was not connected to the elite D.C. class, he probably would have been put in jail for a long time. Two different sets of rules, depending on whether you're a member in good standing of elite society or not. If Hunter were a Republican, he would have been in jail years ago. Uh, Hard hard to argue with that, right? Yeah. Ron DeSantis on the campaign trail, and we've got more about him coming up. Voicemails are on the way. 1027 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number for voicemails if you'd like to call in and give us your input. It is 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right. So remember yesterday we were having a conversation about being involved with your kids mm-hmm. and the greatest way to counteract what the public education system is doing is to be involved in your kids' lives. And by that, I mean uh, asking them what they 
what they learned at school each day, asking them in detail what they learned at school each day, having conversations about the things that they have learned in school. And this is the that is the best way mm-hmm. to make sure that your kids know what's right and what's wrong. I found that when my daughter was young, you couldn't ask the same question every day. When she would get off the bus, you couldn't say, how was school today? Because you'd get the same answer, fine. Yeah. You have to change it up and like not to turn this into when i was a kid this was a better country but when i was a kid this was a better country (laughs) my parents were very adamant that the first thing you do when you get home is get your homework done right you come home from school and you get your homework done and playing with your friends and i think this is where a lack of social interaction in-person social interaction really is killing our young people and killing our society because the ability to interact with your friends in person whether it was playing basketball or football or whatever was a really big deal and the idea that you couldn't do that on a daily basis was indeed an actual punishment and so you were highly mo- you were a highly motivated person to get your stuff done mm-hmm. so that you could go do that yeah well, and that doesn't exist anymore. Well, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. You had to go out into the neighborhood. Yeah. And they would run the PSAs. Do you know where your children are at night at 10 o'clock? <laughs> like, seriously, parents had to be reminded to go find your kids. And now it's much different where if they sit on the phone, you want to go, go outside and play. Go with your friends. But to your point, Rob, getting your homework done right when you get home from school, Uh, A lot of kids now with the sports or other activities that they're involved in that many times takes place right after school. So then they go straight to that and then they come home and they're starving. Yeah. And then you get a snack and then you do the homework. Yeah. Uh, So this is uh, we got a phone call about that and somebody on how they used to deal with their kids. Hi, Robin Casey. Yesterday you were talking about keeping informed of what's happening in your child's classroom. While we were raising our children, we did this one thing called conversations at the dinner table, and we'd ask about their school day and what they were taught. If something came up, we had a different viewpoint. We didn't argue with them. We just would say, well, here's our thoughts, and then let them ask questions. My um, favorite story is when my fifth grader was learning about how McDonald's was destroying the planet and how capitalism was not the perfect system. Well, we had a ton of talks about this. Um, A few weeks later, I was called in to meet with the teacher. Apparently, each child had to do a presentation on what they had learned about McDonald's. My son told the classroom that McDonald's was great, as we had friends who owned several of them, and he knew this because they owned three homes and a yacht. The teacher thought he was lying. I assured her he was not, and she thanked me for coming in and basically told me he ruined two weeks of teaching because all 30 kids now wanted to own a McDonald's. My advice to parents is to put your phones down and talk. Learn about your child's day because, believe it or not, you have a much larger impact than one teacher. Love your show. God bless. Mm. She's right there. Put the phone down and get involved. Absolutely. That's a big key. 100%. Uh, Yesterday, Hammer and I, you were here as well, of course, had a lengthy back and forth on the Mount Rushmore of Pitchman. Yeah, somebody mentioned Bob Rohrman. Yeah, here was the thing with Bob Rohrman is Bob Rohrman had dealerships all over the place, though, mm-hmm. and I think he even had dealerships out of the state of Indiana. So when we were talking about local pitchmen, we're talking about people who were specific to central 
Indiana. Yeah. And we ultimately, I think we ended up coming up with uh, Mickey, the Bieber King, Don from Don's Guns. Uh, we also had the Watson's girl and then we had Marvin Johnson for the, the car dealership. And I think Hammer and I pretty much were in agreement. I think a lot of people were, but our, uh, one of our favorite listeners, Gert. Oh, Gert. Called and she had some thoughts on this. And one of the great things we have pondered with Gert is how old Gert actually is. And we have guessed over the years somewhere between the ages of 70 and 113. <laughs> and we don't actually know. And Gert was hoping, based on who she picked, to provide a little bit of insight. I just heard you talking about the greatest pitchman or man in Indy. This is way before you guys in your times, but there was an old dude, his name was Ed Clark, the used car king, and I think he was on East Washington Street, and you loved to hate him. He was on TV, I think, on Saturday afternoons, and he was more entertaining than whatever programs he sponsored. He was obnoxious as all get out, <laughs> but he was on for years. Anyway, this also gives you a clue to how old is Gert. So... So Ed Clark was, I believe I found an ad from the late 40s, uh, a print ad. So if we say, let's say he was running ads in the late 40s and early 50s and Gert was 10, mm-hmm. then that, that's we're starting to get maybe a ballpark there on how old Gert actually is. Apparently Ed Clark used to fly in from somewhere all the time with great deals. That was part of his gimmick. <laughs> He was known as the used car king, and he had some slogans. Just bring me an honest face. Go ahead and snide me. Those were, um, in 1952, he began his ad campaigns on TV, sponsoring yeah. four programs a week. So, okay. Gert, we're zeroing yeah, in we're trying, on how old you are. Just tell us, Gert. Just <laughs> put us out of our misery and tell us. All right. Uh, somebody called yesterday. This is one of the great honors that people share their lives with us. And somebody just wanted to let us know yesterday that they were listening on their birthday. Hey, this is Kevin from Seymour. and you guys on my birthday. <laughs> Just thought I'd give you a shout out, say hello, get Micah Beckwith on there some more. He's good to listen to. Mm-hmm. Take care, guys. Be blessed. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy belated birthday. We appreciate you spending your birthday with us, and mm-hmm. we always love knowing about the people who are out there in listener in listener land. I wonder if he's going to go somewhere and get a free meal or a free cupcake or, and have the wait staff sing happy, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Is that because the happy birthday is copyrighted? Is that why they don't sing... The traditional happy, happy birthday, birthday song. song, or they just want to mix it up, yeah, do something fresh and different. Yeah, are you do you like that? I, I was always embarrassed, like, oh, don't, don't, oh, yeah, no, don't sing to me. I don't want that. Attention. I get enough attention here three hours a day, right? You don't need that. No, I don't need any more attention. Uh, real quick, one final call yesterday. I had posed a question to the audience, we got multiple calls about this. Um, in a f- just burst of genius. Uh, on these airwaves, I walked through, we were talking about how Holcomb has refused, still refuses to endorse Suzanne Crouch. 
So we needed to decide what her nickname was Well, be. when you think about how just basically subservient she has been to Eric Holcomb, a pathetic level of subservience by Suzanne Crouch, mm-hmm. the tax increases, the, the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the business closures, the mask mandates, the Malik Mohammed uh, meet and greet. I mean, just the endless cavalcade of egregious actions by Holcomb. Suzanne has been his biggest fan and cheerleader. And in a just burst of brilliance, I realized that Suzanne Crouch and Hillary Clinton are the same person. She's Be- because standing by her man. They've stood by their man, mm-hmm. no matter how egregious the actions of the man is, and they have done that. The silence has been done. The complicit nature, the cheerleading, has all been done to further themselves in life. And yet she still has not been endorsed by the Silver Fox, S- Eric Holcomb. So I said, we have to decide because, you know, we do nicknames for people who have earned their nicknames here on this show. And and while I was pretty, pretty keen on Silent Suzanne, Mm -hmm. um, I thought, what would be better? I'll let the audience decide. And we got quite a few calls about this. Silent Suzanne or Hillary Crouch. (laughs) And we did get quite a few calls about that. Here's one of those. Hey, how about a compromise name for... uh Crouch, uh, let's call her uh, Silent Suzanne Clinton. Silent <laughs> Suzanne Clinton. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep mixing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a feel for it because I really like both of them. Keep it fresh. Yeah, I really They're li- interchangeable at this point. Silent Suzanne mm-hmm. and Hillary Crouch. I'm pretty proud of both of those, and she's <laughs> deserving of both of those. So maybe we'll just keep mixing it up uh, I like uh, it. up here, Casey. I like it. Hammer's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Brownsburg High School Alumni <laughs> Hall of Fame next induction ceremony will take place on March 8th, 2024. Nominations are due October 1st to be considered for the following year's induction. It is 1049. It's Did you say 2024? And, yeah. 2020, March 8th, 2024. So we got a year, right, mm-hmm. to uh, try to get Rob in? Yeah. Nominations are due by October 1st of this year. Okay. Okay. So then they honor six yeah. months later. So we do this every year. The Brownsburg <laughs> superintendent made it very clear to me, I will never, ever, ever, never, ever, never get into the Brownsburg High School Hall of Fame because, well, I guess he's still holding a grudge that he lied that kids could die in the hallway if we didn't raise taxes by $100 million. And I prevented that from happening. So my punishment will be that I will never be allowed into the Brownsburg High School Hall of Fame. You are a tax-cutting machine for Brownsburg. Pass the largest municipal property tax cut in state history. Save the taxpayers $100 million by defeating their bullcrap referendum. And you legitimately care about that town. Like Some people, like they admit they're from a town, but they don't care about it. You still live there. You're old man still lives there. Your family's going to live there. You care about that town, and they keep giving you the finger. Yeah, uh, they really know how to hold a grudge there. So every year, in (laughs) honor of him acknowledging to me that I will never get into the Brownsburg High School Hall of Fame, we submit as many applications as possible because they've made the egregious mistake, and I guess they did this when they started, of responding to all the rejections of, sorry, Tim, your applicant didn't get in. So we've decided to take as much of their time as possible and get as many submissions for me as possible, knowing I will be rejected. I'm like Kurt Schilling 
at this point. <laughs> I know I'm going to get rejected, but at this point, I just don't care. So Operation Bowel Harvesting is underway? <laughs> is that what you're telling we're me? We're back in it. We've done hundreds of ballots over the years. The joy I get knowing those people have to send rejection letters out saying I didn't get in. It's always one of my favorite times of the year, Hammer. So here's what I think needs to happen, because I do think they need to acknowledge you. Yeah. You have, along with Casey, a number one rated program in right. your time slot right. on one of the most important radio stations in the country. You care about the community. You still live there. You invest in it. You go to the meetings. Mm-hmm. So with the news that the WWE is doing one of their <laughs> pay-per-view type deals yep. in Indy, the star of WWE is Roman Reigns. Okay. He's the champion. His catchphrase, he walks into the ring, he puts up one finger, and he says, whatever city it is, Indianapolis, acknowledge me. Oh, yes. So, let's try to promote their event yeah. while also helping out Rob. Mm-hmm. Let's reach out to WWE and have Roman Reigns and Rob walk into a Brownsburg town hall meeting, <laughs> raise their fingers, Brownsburg, acknowledge, acknowledge me. me. Well, and you saw how petty those people were when I was added by the community to the list of notable alumni on Wiki- Wikipedia. They immediately removed <laughs> me. In. I mean, within minutes, they went in there and took that down. You were redacted. <laughs> it's like somebody who put Jeffrey Dahmer on the list. Okay. Uh, Dahmer probably would have stayed up there longer than your name. Okay, so they have a website. Oh, they do? Great. And it says, please be sure to complete the nomination application thoughtfully and completely. Oh, yes. The information provided is all the selection committee will use in determining those <laughs> alumni who will be chosen for this prestigious designation. Your thorough and detailed responses are imperative to the selection process. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I filled this out every year for Rob. Yeah. It's the, the same thing you're filling out? They're asking for, like, your personal address and stuff, too. Yeah. Right? So, I, I don't want to put your personal right. address out there, because there's enough lunatics that want to do you harm. Um, sh- could we just make it the radio? Yeah, 40 Monument Circle, Indianapolis, 46204 would be the address here. 40 Monument Circle, uh, Indianapolis, 46204. And my graduating year was 2002. Okay, so if you guys put that out on your social media outlets, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Kendall and Casey and your individual Twitters and so forth. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll post it up because we want a bowel harvest again this year. Yeah, get ready, bowel. Now, I'm starting to question your desire to get into the Brownsburg Alumni Hall of Fame. Why, why is and that? I'll tell you why. Well, they have a Facebook page. Oh. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know that. It has not been updated since 2019. 19. Oh. <laughs> that was their last post. Who's all in the Brownsburg Hall of Fame? I have heard of one. Now, I think you know I'm a bit of a townie and a historian, so if somebody is notable <laughs> in Brownsburg, I would know of them. Uh, I have heard of one person thus far who has made it into the Hall of Fame. Gordon Hayward? I'd, not unless he just recently was submitted. No. Mark Patrick? No. Drew Storen? No. Uh, Lance Lynn? No. Tucker Barnhart? No, no. It's... Uh, it's <sighs> It's a pretty crappy Hall of Fame. Let's, well, I'm looking at last big year's winner. Who, what? I'm looking at last year's Who got winner. in last year? Kenneth Bain, Never class heard. of 1975. I know Conrad Bain. <laughs> he was the old man on different strokes. He was the valedictorian in 1976. Oh, well, that he puts him ahead of Mark, Mark Patrick, who's in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, or Rob Kendall, who authored the greatest tax cut in state history <laughs> and has a number one rated radio show. Get good ready, jo- Bell. Yeah, good job, Kenneth Bain. <laughs> well, you know, the year before was Jill Jackson Iker. Oh, Do you know her? Of course. Jill, She's beautiful, Jill by the way. Who? Jill Jackson Iker. She won. It's Jill, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> yeah. 
Because she's beautiful. Here's the deal, Rob. You're going to need a nice professional headshot because that's what all these people have. I've got one of those. Okay. And it has to be the picture of you with the ultimate warrior face paint on. And the if that's not necklace? your headshot, then I don't know what is. <laughs> it just brings me such joy knowing how much those people at that school system hate my... Like I, I can't tell you the joy at night when I put my head on the pillow knowing how much those people hate me. So let's all get it going here. Yeah. Post that online and let's do some good old fashioned. All right, let's do it. At, at, at Casey Daniels 317, at Robin Kendall, at Hammer Nigel, share it too. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, we will have uh, the Jonas, Tony Kennett. We'll have Casey Daniels. And Ryan Martin of stateaffairs.com has a great list of what Indiana lawmakers oh, yeah. took certain perks from lobbyists. What a bunch of dirt balls. Thank you, Hammer. Acknowledge me. It's Kendall and Casey <laughs> on 93 WIBC. <laughs>